episode 300. Obviously, you can tell it's different already as my wife and my son are sitting next to me. Look, you're obviously not going to want to miss this episode. Um, it was one of the most dramatic points of our life, and our life has been from pain to purpose. But this one, no doubt, brings us into the promise. And some of you have heard about how my son broke his back, and he and we are actually writing that book, how he jumped into his purpose. But on this episode, you're going to hear that story and more of how this changed the Pompa's life. I'll see you on the episode. You know, you see the title there, it, the day Daniel jumped. The name, uh, the name of his book is actually the day I jumped. And there's so much there that we, we don't have time to get into. But, you know, Daniel's life, <laughs> like the Pompa life, has been um, very dramatic, honestly, you know, and again, we understand it to be always that calling, you know, that knowing. But, uh, you know, Daniel went through, it's so funny, we talk about physical, emotional, spiritual battles. Daniel went through a lot of emotional stuff, you know, when we took the twins on and brought them into our family. He was the oldest and he wasn't, right? And, you know, it creates a lot of disruption in a family dynamic. And, you all won't even understand that whole story completely until Marilyn and I get that book done. But, you know, it's, it really disrupted Daniel. And God gave Marilyn even a, a promise then. Uh, you can tell them what that was. Yeah, so, I mean, as, as awful as this sounds, my mom begged me not to take the twins. And I told my mom. And there that, was a reason for that. Right. Because of the grandmother who ended up, you know, true to form, caught, creating a lot of problems. But. And, um... And my mom knew best, obviously, in, in terms of the physical expectation or the way it could potentially work out. And I just, I mean, I never look back. I, I, a lot of people go through life and they wonder why they are who they are, and, or maybe they don't, but I, I always wondered, like, why did God give me this personality? Why am I this way and not that way? And um, I knew in that moment that I was who I was because of what God was choosing for me to do. And so I had resolve, and I, and I remember saying to Danny, when he was still kind of vacillating on, oh my gosh, yeah, we're yeah. doing this, like, and <laughs> I said, yes, we're doing this, and you know, I don't need swallowed by the whale. Like, if this is what God chose for us, then I don't want to, you know, not follow his, and honor him in but that. But your only concern was Daniel. And, I, and so, as we went through this process, I went back and forth with my mom, I finally said, to God, because my mom pulled out her last ditch effort, which was, what about Daniel? And I honestly, I had never given consideration to what about Daniel. And so in that moment, like I did when Danny was sick and we had no answers, is I stopped and I said, Lord, what about Daniel? And God spoke to my heart for the second time in my life and said, not only will I do great things for Daniel, I will do great things through Daniel. So we have been through, so that was it. Anyway, that was it. That was just done. I was good. And so in every challenge that we've had from that point on with him, I have just reminded God that you, you put a promise in me. So I, I, I've accepted that, and I'm not looking back, and I never did. And so even to this day. <laughs> you know, one, one of the things that that just, you know, it makes me emotional because Marilyn's gift is faith, and oftentimes her faith destroys us. You know, when I was sick, you know, not only is God going to, you know, 
heal you, but he's going to take a message through the world, you know, through you. And I'm like, you could have said the worst thing. I can't get myself. Well, go away. You know, telling Daniel, right? How were her words of prophecy in your life? How'd that work out? You know, God's going to do great things for you, right? Right? I mean, you know, it would, it created some emotional stress in you, as you tell us. Yeah. So yeah, he told me that he wishes that I hadn't yeah, told so him. So Marilee's faith <laughs> just kind of just like out of her, and we're like, we're not worthy. They become these like taglines. Yeah. Kind of. Oh yeah, and we're just like, you know, oh my god, you know. Anyways, but you know, honestly, I, you know, women in the room. You're hard on me, right? Women in the room. I mean, but we've now learned. I mean, she is. She's the anchor in our family. She's all that. She leads in the faith. Yeah, that's right. You know, she's the one who is always behind me. Remember I said yeah, I struggled in my working out of a false identity like David. And, you know, it's like she's the one that was anchoring me always to my true identity. My true identity was back in that promise, you know, that God gave her that it was going to take a message to the world through me, right? And that's why I know it's not about me because it was that prophecy and, you know, that promise. But I'll say this, just like that promise that was given to Daniel, all of a sudden the adversity. Y'all have a promise, but the, all this adversity comes in lieu of it. So Daniel um, went through a major emotional battle, and then he went through a major spiritual battle. And if I told you the details of that, honestly, most of you wouldn't believe it. Some of you in this room were in that prayer team, right? Deb Lance, I mean, I can go through the room, and many of you know the details there. And it's unbelievable, I'm telling you. I saw things when I went to Africa spiritually that I wouldn't have believed existed until I went there. And it opened my eyes. And I'll tell those stories one day. But same thing with Daniel. I'll tell those stories one day of everything he dealt with. But it was unbelievable. The emotional, the spiritual, which was left, the physical. So the day that Daniel jumped, he literally jumped into his calling and his purpose. And, you know, I, I believe that as I stood, that picture was taken from me across watching the kids. I was there to video the kids. I'm going to let Daniel tell the story here in a moment. So, but I was there for two reasons. As they were going out the door, Marilee was like lecturing them. Don't do something stupid. What do you mean? And she said, Danny, that's what she calls me. You need to go with them. Oh, man. I'm, you know, no, no. You need to go with them to make sure they don't do anything stupid. And my son Isaac, who's in the back, was, you know, oh, gosh, mom, giving her the hardest time. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Overprotective was yeah, the word. Overprotective. And so I went. So there I am. I'm going to take the video. And they're going up and up and up that cliff. And I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 you know, where, where, where are you going? You can't even see the person in this video, just to show, this is a 60 foot drop, that's a human right here. They were up here, and Daniel will show that. So I'm like, no way. Like, and so I'm looking at my phone, trying to text one, call one, you're not even remembering, they swam across there, how could he even have a phone? And then I hear a splash. Now there's a blessing in that, because I didn't see what actually happened. And then I hear all this yelling from a boat. This boat's going over there. So I'm like, something's not good. But I didn't know what, thank God. Because I'd have probably jumped in and swam. Or I'd have thought I'd just watched my son die. So the boat rescues him, pulls him up. And then a story goes from there. So Daniel, what happened that day? <clears throat> I guess we need to start with the cliff. Um, <laughs> so... 
<clears throat> we just uh, looking to burn a few hours oh, and go glyph jumping, and we get okay. we get up to the top, and we're kind of just looking at it and talking to my friend Vlad or my brother's friend, and said, okay, so can I kind of just jump anywhere, or you can use this and go over there and kind of show them. All right, let's see here. I'm telling you technology, it's hilarious, but I use these Oop, things all the time. Aha, that. <laughs> that's the first technology thing that I was that's able to show one. my son, ever. All right, here we go. <laughs> and it will be the last. By the way, the PowerPoints and the fasting, like, those, yeah, this was him. Four hours sitting on the couch, dad, oh my gosh, and I end up just giving him the computer. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I'm up there and I'm trying to just ask my friend, okay, can I jump anywhere, is it good? Because I, I only cl I climbed up from like this, this side, wall up there and I can't end up coming up so we didn't actually really scope out the cliff except from when we were looking at it from where he took the picture head-on so like you kind of figure what the cliff looks like um, and the whole way up my feet were getting like torn up by these uh, bristles and briars so, like my feet were already bleeding I was there's no way I was going back down there to check out the cliff I just wanted to get down and I was done like I was already annoyed with this cliff I never wanted to jump it again at, from the from the get-go like I literally just wanted to jump leave go home and uh, be done. So I'm up there, and um, it wasn't like any. It wasn't like huge. Okay, so I wasn't like up there, like you know, <laughs> 60 foot, <It> like <laughs> really scared or anything. I was like, okay, like I'm just gonna jump it. You know, okay, Vlad, where do I jump? Okay, yeah, you want to jump more to the right because if you jump to the left, you're gonna have to clear a lot more. Well, I didn't really understand like how much more. Like you can see there. So if I would have jumped to the left more, I would have came down here mm -hmm. and landed here. But it, this was out a lot further, so I had to. I didn't realize, like how far to the left or how far to the right. It was more like subjective, so my left and his left were a little different. Because um, <laughs> <so laughs> I had never jumped it before. So um, yeah, it just kind of, my friend, I guess he said he was gonna go scope it out, but he was gonna go to the bathroom, but I didn't hear that. And uh, he turned around to go to the bathroom and I kind of just like took a few steps back and you know, one, two, gave it a leap and uh, came over nah. this bluff because that's all I could see from here. So from here, all I could see was this. I couldn't see any of this. So I'd come over the bluff, and then right as I come over, I realize, oh crap. I might come up a little bit short. And then Imagine as I got, that feeling. Yeah, not a good feeling. I kept saying to Daniel, I'm like, what, what did you feel like? What were you thinking? Because I, I just couldn't imagine. I, I, mean, I was caught there. So then as I came to like here, it was like, I'm definitely gonna come up short. And then here, it was like, I'm gonna die. And then as I got to here, it was like, okay, gotta just brace for impact. And I, uh, I, I remember thinking also in this moment in the air, um, just gotta make it to the water. Like I just knew if I just made it to the water somehow, I'd be all right. And uh, I hit here, right? Right there? Yeah, yep. yeah, right here. Right, there's, a, there's an out cliff. You can't see it great there, but it Is sticks it? out. That's where I hit, right? So the guys that rescued him, because I'm like, what happened? And they said, look up there. You can see the blood on that little out cliff. That's where he oh, hit. Yeah. I'm like, you mean he hit, like, brushed off? Oh, no, he hit. Stopped him. And he just fell in the water. So 50 feet. You're almost at terminal velocity. The guy, the people, the doctors in the hospital were like, you might as well jumped out of an airplane. You basically survived an airplane jump because of how fast you were going at that point and how hard you hit. Ugh. And they, everyone said the same thing. He should have been dead. He definitely should have been paralyzed, but obviously he was neither. So yeah, the so first miracle was done right there. Definitely. I landed first on my feet like this, kind of like back a little bit on my heels. 
and I broke this heel, and my feet flew out from under me, and then I went to put my hand down like this. Broke his arm there. And I missed. broke my forearm there. Um, but I think those two things that hit first and then hitting my butt, like, saved me completely, or I would have snapped my back in half, or my, I didn't even break where I hit on my butt. Uh, it, I, wait till you see this picture, <laughs> you know, you, you are doctors, you can handle a picture of a butt, and Daniel can handle you seeing his butt. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm telling you, if any of us hit from 50 foot drop on your ischial tubes, how did they not shatter? Yeah, I don't You know, it's like the doctors are looking at that, they, you know, no one could figure it out. <clears throat> yeah, so I ended up um, smacking pretty hard, uh, breaking quite a few things, but then I got in the water, and I uh, just remember just treading water, going under and being like, okay, I made it, like, I'm good, I'm good. Like, uh, I made it to the water, I, like, my head was intact, my feet were working, everything was good. I was treading water, I was like, but I remember thinking just, oh, my back. And I remember the first thing I said when I came up out of the water, just, and I was out of, like, the wind was knocked out of me. I just said, ow, 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 help, help, help. And that was, like, all I could, like, as loud as I could, but it was, like, not very loud. Um, and then I was just treading water, and I just remember my back hurt really bad. Like, I couldn't really feel anything else, just my back was in so much pain. And uh, that's when the boat came around. They said, can you swim to the boat? And they said, are you okay? And I said... I covered it. <laughs> they said, are you okay? I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were like, can you swim to the boat? No. And then at that point, I like... You started sinking. I literally actually. started sinking there. And then when I started to sink, I kind of realized that I was in worse shape than I originally thought. Um, the guy jumps in as I'm sinking, and he gets me. Praise God, I that, was, that was, could have been the end there, too. Um, and he pulls me up on the boat, and... Um, then I, they came to me. And they At came that point, him. you know, I didn't know how bad things were, right? Those guys on the boat were like yelling at the other kids on the, the top, right? So I think it's, you know, something that bad couldn't happen. They would not be angry. They'd be more upset or concerned in their voice. What I didn't know is they were drunk. So, yeah, didn't, didn't matter, although Daniel got really mad at the one guy because he was drunk. But anyway, <laughs> long he's, story. He really they bothered up, me there. He was yeah, like, was, you know. He kept trying to talk uh, to Daniel. And he, Daniel, he told him the similar thing happened to him. <laughs> yeah, and Daniel <laughs> was, was just like. Because I did the same thing last year. He was on. Like, yeah, he, he was absolutely <laughs> annoying. I'm, I'm going like this to the guy. like Because I'm to, sitting there like literally giving it all my concentration, just like keep it together, laying there on the he, boat. He was laying just like that. And I was just back. thinking the whole time, just, as long, if I'm just going to get the morphine. In 15 minutes, I'll have morphine. In 15 minutes, I'll have morphine. I'll be good. As soon as I get to the morphine, I'll be good. And this guy is just bantering yeah. everybody. So when they came to me, I still didn't know how bad it was, right? And the first thing I said is the obvious. Can you move your feet? And he didn't answer me. He just did it. And then I got on the boat, and I said, where does it hurt? And he went like this, and you're back. Mm -hmm. So I could tell there was major pain. And when I, I put my hand under, he just went, Whoa! and I knew. I said, Daniel, you have compression fracture. And, you know, and I just gave him the good news. You know, there's heel, da, 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 da. I didn't know how bad it was. Um, well, obviously, when we got to the hospital, they were like, you have two floating vertebrae. This is as bad as it gets. Two chance fractures, fractured anterior, you know, medial and posterior. You know you should be paralyzed. So right away, it was like, okay, we're gonna get surgery in two days. Um, and then I'll, we'll catch up to that story here in a moment. But, uh, and all I asked was, you know, Daniel was like, no surgery, no surgery. I don't want metal on my back, I don't, you know. And 
he's 21. So they were like, you know, well, you know, it is your choice, but you need surgery, blah, blah, blah. I said, just give me 24 hours to research this. And, and so Daniel doesn't make an emotional decision. I want him to make a, a really logical decision. So they said, okay. So that's where we were at this point. Okay, Marilyn? And you, and you had, I mean, I think it's very noteworthy that you had prayed. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't even know. It's oddest things, right? So I said I was on my phone. And when I sensed that, you know, they were going to jump from there, like, you know, most often, even if they did, they would be okay. I, I just, I started praying. But I, I prayed for something I typically don't pray. I prayed for angels to be around them. And I don't do that. It was the oddest thing. I know the first miracle happened in the air, and I know that there was angels that like directed him in the exact possible way that he had to hit for him not to be dead. That's all I can tell you. That was the first miracle right there. Why would I even pray that? I, you know, I didn't think they were going to, like, I never thought that would happen. I was just trying to be the, she sent me there to do the right thing. I failed. That was another story I won't even tell, but honestly, oh merely with our other son, Isaac, and I will say this, our son, Isaac, who's right in the middle there, uh, when he was 14, hit a tree skiing on ski team, and he was life flighted off the ski slope. And there's a whole nother miracle. Again, you know, we stood, merely had tens of thousands of people praying, and I'll just fast forward six months after that happened. Again, you know, could have died, ICU, the whole thing and his spleen was shattered in a grade five, pieces everywhere. They don't even remove it because it's just gone. And we get the scan done in six months, and the doctor comes out with a look on his face, and I go, is everything okay? He says, yeah, he has a spleen. And I said, is it functioning fully? I said, basically, is it the right scan? Checked it three times, and I said, how did that happen? He goes, I have no idea, and Marilyn said, we had tens of thousands of people praying. So we kind of went into this with that faith. So we had a lot greater faith with Daniel. Because I'm like, okay, you know, God did that for Isaac. Made something out of nothing. He's going to do the same with Daniel. We were standing hard. And I spoke that on, on Facebook. So anyways, go ahead. So that day brought us. Yeah, so... Um yeah, we'll tell you the other story about how he called me and what he said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I said I wouldn't even tell that story because when on the, on the boat, I have it's to say it now. It's a little funny. <laughs> just, I, just I was literally on the boat with him, and we're going because the 911, they said basically you have, we have to meet us over here, right? So we're on the going across this lake, and um, all I'm thinking about is how to present this to her because with Isaac, she got an ulcer. You know, she took it hard physically. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, this is terrible. And I failed her, right? I'm, I'm there to protect. He was I, supposed to go take pictures and just make sure that they were following other people and going yeah, from a place I, I, they uh, were supposed so to. So fail, okay? <laughs> fail. Anyway, one picture. so I'm thinking, number one, I'm going to get an earful. Number two, I'm going to put her in this. She gets like shaky. I mean, she, she visibly just I starts shaking. Yeah. Like, so yeah, and she runs into, she has to poop. Every time I get stressed, uh, I go straight to the bathroom and poop. So I'm we thinking, how am I going to frame this? How am I going to frame this? And, and this is the truth. So I have it cl like crafted on the phone with her. And it goes like this. Yeah, so, um, you know, Daniel, you know, Daniel has some scrapes and wounds, but he'll be all right, right? You know, his heel. But, uh, you, you know, on his heel, heel and his heel. leg. So um, you know, I'm going to take him to the hospital and we're going to get some x-rays. What? what? You, you know, for, uh, well, I just want to make sure nothing, you know, nothing's too bad. Da, da, da. Take him to Harry, our friend Harry Allison. He'll x-ray him. 
I'm like, no, no, no. And she wouldn't give up on this hair, take him to Harry thing. Finally, I was like, well, you know, I, I want to take him. And I said the stupidest thing. I said, well, she was so persistent. I said, well, just in case he needs a body cast. <laughs> body cast? I could have said a brace. My brain was like something that Harry possibly couldn't give him. Body cast. They don't even use body casts anymore. Body cast? Body cast? Why are you calling me? That's what she said. I said, so you can meet me at the hospital? <laughs> I don't want to meet you at the hospital. I don't want to meet you. Okay, bye. Oh, shit. That didn't go well at all. Okay, anyways, go ahead. Talk about this day. (laughs) So, oh, yeah. (laughs) So this was the day before, actually. We were at the gym. That's how life can change, right, Mm -hmm. in a moment. And by the way, there's exactly where he hit. See that? There's a little Daniel Yes, Daniel did that graphic Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) So you can see where he bounced and... Went face forward. I really love that scripture right there, right? Doesn't I do. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous. The tremors that shift mountains. Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angels' armies protects us. No, there's no doubt. I prayed for angels that day, and that, that was just so appropriate. And I so. saw this. When God leads you to the edge of a cliff, trust him fully. Only two things can happen. Either he will catch you when you fall, or he will teach you how to fly. Mm. And... You know, there is always a lesson learned on the way down as well as the way up in whatever form that comes. I think that's the most important thing to remember, that there, if your faith is where it needs to be for the one that created you and understands the path that's best for you, then anchoring to something that is just very foundational to the experience mm-hmm. is really what honestly gives you hope as you go through it. Yeah. That was me behind the ambulance as they were transporting him from um, Park City Hospital to Salt Lake, to the trauma center. And God laid that scripture on her heart. And this was, by the way, when I was sick, that is the most profound scripture for me that I always held on to in my darkest days, honestly. And, you know, because I, I would, my brain would go that, you know, does God have it out for me? You know, what's going on, right? And, I, and God would just always lay that on my heart. So that meant a lot for me. Then Marley, God gave Marley that yeah, scripture because, behind the ambulance. That's yes, why she put it Yes, as I was there. driving. And of course, you know, you're processing like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And what's this going to look like? And, and I just, I honestly, God just reminded me. I just knew. Uh, I anchored to his promise. And I just knew that mm-hmm. if he has plans for him, then he has a future already planned and it's going mm-hmm. to be okay. And which then this was right before that, actually, when Danny was sitting there um, at the first. I don't look good, do I? At the Park City Hospital. And that was him, us just, you know, they were stabilizing him. And I think that's really just something that obviously you're processing. You're surviving the moment. You're, You're, you know, it's intimidating. It's overwhelming. It's all of those things. And so what is your anchor in these times of pain? Is it the pain or is it the purpose that you know will come from the pain if your faith is, is anchored there? And for us, it is in the pain and the purpose and the promise that is produced from it all. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that you know. There is a definitely, a, I believe, it, and there's just an experience to be had that you might not want to take, but when you get through it, you realize how 
amazing it was for only what you could experience in such difficulty. You know, someone said, don't, don't take out the pain, people relate to the pain. And the woman had said that to us in the audience, you're 100% so right, right? You can't take out the pain because it's what gives us hope ultimately. However, we have to focus our consciousness, you know, on the purpose and the promise God has for us, right? Because I think if we focus on the, the next pain that's going to come, then we could, in fact, bring more of it. And I, I think that's the shift we have to make as a family. We'll never get rid of the pain part of the message in the sense that you can't forget about where it comes from, but our focus has to be more, all of us. And I think something on the worth purpose. You know, reminding all of you, I know I need to remind myself of it, is that we really feel overwhelmed um, in that. And, and you know, we however we've been raised, whatever experiences we've had, whatever lies we've believed, whatever things that become attached to our identity is something that we really do need to work at. You can't mm -hmm. just do all these other things and neglect your emotional being because the emotional being is tied to the spiritual being. And if there, and I, and I've, I mean, for years, I, I knew I wasn't functioning as the best version of myself. I mean, I literally spent 10 years in survival when we got the kids. I never looked back. I never told them I wish I hadn't taken them or anything like that. But I just had, I wasn't, I wasn't able to be all that I knew God created me to be. And there were many days when I'm like, I could have handled that better. Or, you know, I just, I wish I hadn't been so hard on a situation that really wasn't significant. It was just a matter of me wanting to control an outcome. And it might have just had to do with a clean kitchen. Like, it was the dumbest stuff that ended up just wrecking me. And, and so when... Wrecking her, but building her up. So when I, you know, when we finally got to Park City after just you know, other challenges on top of those challenges, <coughs> and not to mention his sickness, because when he was sick, obviously my emotional needs had, like, no place, and that was totally fine, and, you know, I couldn't, tr I mean, there was just, it was just, it was what it was. But I realized uh, there was, a, there were things that were accumulating and experiences that were just, I was not able to even identify with my true self, and I, and because of how I've been raised, I took a set of expectations into my life and into my relationships. And so when we got to Park City, I knew I, it was time to just start digging through some junk. And as I started, I, and I've been through, you know, three or four different types of counseling, and everyone had value. Um, but I, I'm so now so grateful that I've pursued that because I'm finally mm. getting to that place where I feel like not only am I okay and have forgiven myself for the, you know, who I am or what I'm not or whatever, you know, we all do go through these things, but I'm also able to now have, they always say that if you don't, how can you love fully or how can you give grace or how can you look at others with a heart of forgiveness or acceptance or, you know, just not letting their way attached to what you think they should believe or be or whatever, but how can you understand that if you don't have that within you to pour out of you and you know so my bucket of baggage had to empty so but but again these adversities in our life brought us because i said it in the beginning of this seminar the key to success and happiness is functioning in the true identity how god made us every one of us get away from that all of us through our life work to be closer to that true identity and you can, I always say it's like a scale. 
You know, if we had a meter to hook up, you know, you could look at someone's happiness <clears throat> and success. You know, and when I say success, I mean 12 pillars of success, right? You know, relationships, family, you know, health. I mean, that's, that is it, you know, but you can look at that meter, 80%, 85%. The, the more you're functioning your identity, the greater uh, of a reflection in, and, in success. And, 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 and the adversities bring us there, absolutely. or not, or they break us. You, you always say, yep. it's a choice. Yes, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. We can either become better, or we can become bitter, and it is a choice. And, I'm, and I just have to pause for a moment and say how blessed I am that God gave me him, because mm. he is where my confidence in what God is doing um, in, through our family and through the challenges and all the things that we've both been through, it, it begins and ends. I mean, our relationship is the foundation. A cord of three strands cannot be broken. That was on our marriage program, and it has been a theme of our life. And, um, and we just, he, you know, take the kids away. Take the struggles away. He and I love each other, mm -hmm. and, and we're, no he's my number, More every day. He's my number one fan and <clears throat> my, my greatest anchor to logic. But we gotta speed up her, we gotta <laughs> so, speed up her cellular so age because up. I don't wanna be dating a 20 year old so, anymore. Yes, we gotta get you guys, okay, so, what did you say? Nothing, okay. nothing. <laughs> I'll watch that later. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, I, this is, a, you know, Daniel was never down one moment. And he was making the nurses laugh right from the start. This is, this is. Yeah, what was happening? What were you telling her? I don't know anything, honestly. Something about the yeah. vein, I think. I think she was trying to get it in the vein. But anyway, and there was, um, he wasn't, he wasn't down for a minute. No. And Isaac did, he just never left his side. And I think that there was a lot of things that Isaac was only able to identify with mm. from his experience six years before this is the this these two bones <coughs> excuse me these were floating here these two so this was they called they said 50 percent uh, in between 50 and 60 but all of this it's kind of hard to see on this uh cat scan but this was all broke the, the uh i guess i can speak um to you all differently but the all the the, the pars the facet joints um, obviously, the transverse processes. Matter of fact, the TPs were broke all the way down. How many levels, Daniel? Six, many, six levels? I think, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but these two were floating. And this was um, a 30%, which this oddly, uh, there was angles that were looked so much worse. And the reason why is the right side was okay on this vertebra. The left side was crushed. That's why I remember it was like, how come it looks better on this one? We, after we looked better at the A to P, we realized it was the left side of this one that was crushed. So he, when he hit and went this way, it just crushed the left side. This one was completely crushed. And again, worse on the left. It was on the left, it was like down all the way to here. Yeah, and everything was broke. 75% of this type ends in paralysis, and that was the statistic. When they said, when we see this fracture, that's the statistics. And, and ends there, and that's the, the sad part. Oh, there you go. So this was the next morning um, after that x-ray and before the decision was made on what to do. And we were laying in bed, we had just gotten up. And of well, I remember I said I needed 24 hours, right? So I didn't sleep well that night. I went to bed researching, finding uh, you know, different uh, research journals, articles, and I woke up that morning and she was sleeping. She woke up and she saw me in that position because I had been up about since 4.30. And I had started probably about five, <laughs> and I went right at it again. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this, that, you know, this kind of completes the circle there, because um, they, 
they gave me the information what they had. This is broke, this is broke, this is broke. You know, and I took all that information, all the ligaments were ruptured, etc. And then I found a study that was a really conservative study saying basically too many of these surgeries are done, but here's when the outcomes are actually better with the surgery and without. So this was a good one. It took me a while to find it and probably through prayer. But the fact was is I, after reading it, I said, I said to Daniel, I, I think we need to get the surgery you know, because the outcomes with what you have were better. And they were looking a pretty good long term. So, and I said, but we can do it from the posterior and remove the metal because I know that the metal in the body causes autoimmune. In the studies, and the doctor even said, and we have a video of him saying, well, well there's no problem with the metal, yeah. right? And all the studies are done like two years, three. So of course they think that, but they don't see what happens 10, 20 years. And I found studies showing that it causes autoimmune when you have metal in your body, and it causes leaching, and they measure urine after 10 years, and all the metals that are in there and the stainless are pouring out. So we had three options um, kind of going into it. It was anterior, so they want to come through like my rib cage right on the front, mm -hmm. uh, which was their preferred option. And they said that they'd be able to get a straighter spine like that. Yeah, because he said that kink won't hold up otherwise. And this is the way so to do it. They're gonna take my bone fragments out, put it in a little cage thing, put it back in, kind of remake, I don't know, my, yeah. my the, the vertebra. vertebra. So they would have take these, oh, yeah, let me back up one. They would have taken these two vertebra out and caged them. He said, maybe not that one, but maybe, because it was worse on the other side, but for sure they would take all this out so, and they would fuse it like this. Now, we wanted to come in from the posterior because the posterior, you can at least after a year or two take out the hardware. But yeah, he said, mm -mm, don't even bother with the posterior. And he said, it's, it's too severe. He said, we have to go in from the anterior and they wanted if we're to put in it. two 12-inch rods. Also. Yeah, rods. And, and, and you can't take out 12 inches is kind of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Four inches might get some mobility, but 12 inches, that's like a foot not being able to bend. Like what? Yeah, not, not, not a good outcome. So it led to the conversation that after I did the research, I'm saying, well, you know, the, the surgery does look like something that it looks like a better outcome. You know, and I, I said something about well, in the, with the posterior ligaments, most of the studies were really focused on the posterior ligaments. And they told us all my ligaments were, were ruptured. ruptured. And he said, this surgeon said, oh, well, we don't know that for sure. It's just when we see this injury, they're always ruptured. And we said, Daniel said from yeah. the bed. Yeah, so it, going into this conversation, I, I was with the doctor and I had my dad on speakerphone and we were pretty much, my dad said that the best option with all your ligaments being ruptured and everything that you should get the surgery. Um, and I said, okay, well, that, that's the best option. That's what we should do. So then the doctor came in, we were talking about it. We were telling him, the doctor, why we decided to do, we were gonna move forward with doing the surgery, um, not on the posterior, but from the back. And, um, and by the end of the conversation, we were telling him this, that, and we said, yeah, because you know, all the ligaments are ruptured. And, uh, and he pretty much interrupted me and said, oh, well, we don't know that they're all ruptured. And I said, well, shouldn't we know that before we decide we should do surgery? And he said, well, yeah, you could. And I said, well, we should probably do, Dad, what is that? Dad's like, oh, we should probably do an MRI. The doctor's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how like, it went. Like, I, could see yeah. if, I could see if you could do an MRI. And I was so like, okay. we, I, I said, well, I'm not making a decision until I see that MRI, because I'm not going to do surgery. Yeah, he was hung on that. And, and by the way, at, at this point, they said, listen, mm -hmm. if you don't do this surgery, you know, it, it probably won't hold at all, but you won't be in bed for 12 to 15 yeah. weeks. And, and Daniel it, was it, like, that's it, I can do that. <laughs> oh yeah, Daniel was resolved. Yeah. He was yeah. 
So anyways, we didn't do the surgery because the, the MRI came back that his ligaments weren't completely ruptured. And so there were some really stabilizing ligaments. Daniel can squat 500 pounds. So again, the, you know, I, I respect the doctors in that. I mean, if they see a thousand people with these fractures, the surgery works out and gets them out of bed and, you know, and, it, and it works. So we made the decision not after we got the ligament because I read the studies and the ligaments were the key part that this could actually work out better without having hardware in your spine for your, your whole life, which is ends in horrific problems later. It, so it came down to like such a small, yeah, like down to the wire that he, he told us. And he looked at you and said, Daniel, don't, we're going to do an x-ray in two or three weeks just to see if it's even able to hold. Don't get your hopes up, he told you. And he said that you would be in so much pain, he thought you'd be back sooner. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and he came in like at five days. He's like, I can't, well, or a week. All He's of like, them well, kept coming in. Yeah, well, you made it a week. I can't believe you made it a week. Thought for sure by now you'd have the surgery. I'm yeah. like, I'm good. Well, they kept coming in one after another in different ones because I think there was four or five surgeons on the yeah. team and trying to convince him of the surgery. And again, that's not a, a negative to them. They, this is what they see. And they see the outcomes as being positive, right? But they don't see things the way we see them but they'd never convinced him, he never swayed. Yeah, they really wanted me to do the surgery. And they were great. I actually thought they were amazing. I, yeah, I, I, I did so too. By the way, I, we're gonna get to the biohacks that we did, right? It's like, but um, fact was, is that they would let us bring this stuff into the hospital. Like, I, back in Pittsburgh where we used to live. All the biohacking like, devices. No way, I'm dragging biohacking devices. They were just like, what's that do? What's that do? I mean, they just went with it. It was pretty amazing, actually. And that's Danny showing him the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> that he took a picture of. He had one picture from that assignment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, that, that, that. Daniel's like, Terrible. yeah, uh-huh, I, I know it, yeah. One picture, not even a video. <clears throat> okay, so, you know, of course the, the meds, uh, man, you know, they just stopped this his This was gut. the most brutal part. Compounding this on top of the back injury was like, the, Ice the, it on the cake. <laughs> the gut oh. was the worst part. It, the worst. it, first meal it just stopped. So he had, stuck. right, he had one meal that day before he jumped. It was stuck and it wasn't going anywhere. And it was just, bleh. I yeah. spent five hours a day. Yeah, it was all the Dilaudid and the morphine. Well, I did Dilaudid for the first day or two and we realized that it was kind of stopping the bowel. So we had to come off Dilaudid for the first day. I yeah. Think. Yeah. It had like yeah. messed up everything and then went straight to Oxy and it, yeah. And then I had to come way down um, on my pain meds because. My gut stopped. <laughs> I mean, we would, man, if I heard if a fart was like, yes, <laughs> God, gee, because I'm wearing out. I mean, I'm just like, this is what I was doing. I mean, I we mean, would work my stomach for what? Yeah. Like hours. 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 My, hours. my stomach was raw, like oh, red. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're him pushing on my, it. My husband's a fixer. Yeah, yeah. Say no more. <laughs> Someone had to do it. If but he wasn't doing it, she was doing it. Which well, brought us Isaac actually to first. the first biohack. I already taught you this. What was the first thing that animals do when they're injured? Daniel, I didn't even have to tell him. He just said, I'm fasting, you know, and he went into it, fasted about four and a half days, um, and there was a reason why we actually started eating because it was like th this cleared, you know, and he, I could tell that he was ready to eat. His hunger came back. You actually started getting a little hungry, mm -hmm. and, but he was not hungry, and they were trying to force food on him all the time, constantly. They just didn't get it. Right? And meanwhile, his stomach's not even moving it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're gonna put food in that? Does that even make sense? You know, it's no way. His, his GI system shut down. All the energy was going where? Yeah, the moment you eat, where's it going? Yeah, they don't get that. But anyways, and the fastest way to downregulate inflammation is in fact through a fast. So we, he fasted, but anyways, go ahead, Marley, on this. 
I just, I just yeah. love that that picture ended up at the hospital. That's Daniel and Isaac when they were little. And I just love that Isaac and Daniel are so close. It just, just yeah. warms my heart, because Daniel was hard on Isaac when he was little. <laughs> so even that picture, I think I have another yeah. one next to it somewhere you, where he's like. <laughs> Daniel would take his stuff all the time, you know? They're, but it's amazing. They're, it's, it, and again, prayer. I can honestly say the one, I've done one thing right as a mom. We have pr- we, She's done more than that. We have prayed, I mean, that I'm confident in is praying yeah. for your kids. Yeah. Protection, just God's provision, his direction, and in it all, and just reminding him of his promises that, and, and no reminding doubt. him that he loves them more than we do. <laughs> no doubt. It's very helpful as well. There it so, is, folks. There's some of the boo-boos. Yeah, and by the way, <laughs> Daniel, how many, how long, this was after a couple weeks. That was after a couple days, I think. Maybe a week after. No, it was a week, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, look at that. It looked like necrotic tissue. He hit. Of course, yeah, he, that's a bruise. he fractured his heel. He tore his hamstrings. Like, I mean, it yeah, was Yeah, so the heel's kind of interesting, too, because it's like literally an imprint of where I hit a rock. Yeah. It was concave in there. Yeah, it was, was kind of weird. It was like a cookie cutter. Yep. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. I, 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 and then you can see my hamstrings torn in the bottom right And, and I, had, I, I couldn't show you this, but I have to tell you, though, his balls were black. <laughs> imagine that. Oh, my God. You goosebumps <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) A young lady was out there and said, Daniel, I've seen your ass, you know. (laughs) There are some things I don't put on Facebook. (laughs) Not much. I didn't. (laughs) This is um, on our way home. Yeah, on our way home. Yeah, two weeks out. And at that point, I was pretty much off all pain medication. Yeah, that soon. They were stunned. He they got were a, he, Daniel did it. And I mean, he did it all yeah. for himself in terms of that. I mean, he was like, you know, I don't want any more. I don't want any more. You know, I'm, I'm like, take it, take it. You know, he was like, no, no. Well, I no. knew it slowed the healing process, and my body would have to detox from it. And also, there is a chance of addiction, obviously. But that wasn't as much. Well, by addiction. the way, that was the other thing. Daniel started detox the moment we got home, too. He started a cycle. Yeah, because yeah, he was like, I want these meds out of me. I want everything out of me, you know, and, you know, the x-rays, everything. He just started it. I mean, my kids all detox. Yeah, all this stuff, I mean, chemically did take a toll on my body, yeah. for sure. Like, my face broke out, you know, from all the radiation, getting x-rays, yeah. and all the meds. Yeah, it took, like, a month or two to kind of clear. But he's here. Yeah, we're here. And we drug him out. That's his hospital that, Yeah, bed. that was my favorite picture of all, and I just happened upon it. I, every day, this is, the fir- this is another biohack that we did. Every day I dragged him outside in the sun. Fortunately, it was the right time of year in July. I'm so naked in this photo. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I sent it to my dad. I think a few others, and my dad said, where's the mailman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about FedEx? <laughs> Honestly, I would drag him out, and people would deliver packages. Yeah, and, I was like, just sitting there and he's just like laying out there naked. I would have to be like, <clears throat> well, my son is, because I wanted those wounds, man. I wanted all that to get sun, you know? I don't know. So clothes weren't an option. They just weren't an option. Yeah, They're you, optional at our house anyway. I mean, you can't, the sun, I mean, come on, we know. I mean, what was that sun bringing to healing that, right? I mean, that's just, that was a basic, man, and I was pulling him out there. I went into nurse mode. You did. I was oh, changing was, diapers. That was, was the other so, thing. I he wouldn't was so let, on point and I so didn't, wouldn't let anyone else change him because he had 
open wounds. And I'm like, infection kills. I'm like, no way. So I was literally the bedpan guy. No one else could touch it. You know, I was like, and then finally I trusted, Sasha. you know, our little, you know, Sasha to help do that. But it wasn't until I saw the wounds heal to a certain point. So we are firm believers in doing our best and trusting God with the rest. That's yeah. just what we do. That's another yeah. thing I always say. And it's so true. I don't believe in just praying and expecting. I believe that we have to step up and commit fully and mm. show our resolve. And when yes. we do that, then he shows up and meets us and does what we could never do for ourselves. Yeah, you um, want your life to change. Whatever you do, forward. work it all. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And, and truly, mm. your testimony, your actions in your life are your testimony that draws people to what you're offering. And you are only offering, obviously, what, you know, others have suffered to learn and are committed to teaching and sharing. So it's, it's the real deal at every level. There's, First there's the descended belly. There's the descended belly. Look at that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know what? I, and I already told you that story, but that, that was, in fact, uh, the first biohack right there. We'll, we'll get into the biohacks here. Everyone wants to know. That's when he I, was able to stand, but he also had the juve beside him when yeah, he Yeah, this is when down. he was laying, yeah. He would put it on him as well. And juve, they're not here. I, I, you know, you'll see all the stuff that we used, they're, they're mostly here. Because yep. what we bring here is what we believe strongly in. So there's a testimony to these vendors. And um, red light therapy goes in and starts the mitochondrial healing. And you'll see that even in today's talk, how we can use different red light wavelengths to actually get into the mitochondrium, biohack into the cell, upregulate ATP, which downregulates inflammation. So there's gonna be a lot of devices, so. And these are in no yeah, particular so if order. If you're interested in writing them down, you should probably start a list because you're not yeah. gonna remember them all. So it, Nano yeah. V and then the Beamer, was, that's what we took to the hospital. Yeah, look, so they were in the hospital and they were asked, the Nano V actually creates the fourth phase of water which you have to get enough of in the cell. That's where you fold proteins. When you're folding proteins, you're basically making new bones. You're basically making new hormones. You're basically making new liver, everything. So when you're injured, that's why athletes use this Nano-V to actually recover faster because your fourth phase of water is where you fold proteins to heal. So we wanted to increase that, especially at this time, we wanted to increase that fourth phase of water. So we do that for like an hour a day. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, Nanovee's not here either. I'm so, uh, no. No, he should have been. And the Beamer. Mm, too bad. We the did. Beamer is one of my favorites um, because it increases capillary circulation. It's a, it's a pulsed electromagnetic, well, it's carried on a pulsed electromagnetic frequency. It's not really PEMF like the pulse is, but and it does a different thing. It opens up capillaries, and that brings in healing. And there's the pulse that's right over here. The pulse was developed to actually increase bone. I mean, you know, NASA was using it in anti-gravity to increase bone, but it also biohacks, as you're gonna learn this afternoon even more, but it does biohack literally into the mitochondrial and it fixes what is called the membrane potential, which is how your cell make energy. And if you do that, you can downregulate inflammation. I think pulse was one of the most effective things I used. Um, I, did it, I would do it for like three and a half hours a day in the beginning. Yeah. We lay on that every day at home. I, yeah. I, in fact, I put my cat on it. Like sometimes she's yeah, our animals go for it. My, yeah, our animals Especially often are drawn cat. to it. Yeah, they, have, they actually have an equine division. HBOT, where's our, uh, where's our group? Yeah, right? Yeah. Thank you. Because they, they donated this uh, to us in the Gintempos, who you know, were, were part of that. But um, that's Daniel laying in the HBOT. He was doing it uh, two, three hours a night. 
Melissa said to him, uh, to me via him, you know, hey, three hours is where you get your most benefit. Daniel was falling asleep in it at night. Yeah. So, yeah. And hyperbaric therapy with spinal injury is is a very researched uh, thing. And again, if we can get the oxygen into these areas that are very low oxygen, we can increase the healing. And of course, that's the magic of hyperbaric. And uh, massage therapy, obviously, even just keeping his lymph. Yeah, the lymph was the biggest part of the massage therapy. Mm -hmm. And there's some like, you know, working out a little. It was pretty painful. So it kind of was good to get some movement in there. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily attributed a lot to healing, but the lymph was important. Yeah, no, no doubt. We had to, his lymph was, oh, you'll see in a minute how blocked it was. But so the, uh, the ASEA, um, Sue Brenchley, are you in the room? Yeah, there she is. Yeah, um, there she is in the back. Uh, this woman is, a, a, I, ca- I could stand here and, and just raise out al- accolades about that woman, right? I mean, we love her. She was donating, Daniel was drinking a bottle of this a day. Why? Because redox is how ultimately the body does everything, heals and communicates. And when you look at the research, and there's a growing amount of research, this is the only product, all my docs, all of us in Platinum use it. I mean, you wanna talk about a mitochondrial biohack, a biohack to speed healing. When you're injured or recovering, and this is why sport, professional sport teams use this, it, it just, you need these redox signals to heal faster, to drive recovery at every aspect. So and he was- people that heal from uh, crazy things with just drinking a CIA. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I drink 10 ounces a day at least. This, this uh, <laughs> Renew, um, we were just rubbing on, his, I was rubbing on his injuries in his spine, like, you know, three times a day. And I would get pissed when they would forget to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things we were doing, it was just like. This is, uh, this is over here in the uh, room. This is the, uh, the TRT machine, you all, you all see it over here. Is Matt here? here? Matt, Matt, is Matt here? He, oh. You know what, I think he had a full day booked. Okay, so he's TRTing people. Uh, look, sport, again, professional sport teams are using this. Actually in Germany and Switzerland, they actually use this. Anything that won't heal, this is what they do first. And so this is brand new. We're the first group to bring this technology into our space because it's used in hospitals to get things to heal. It's a stem cell device. It's a stem cell machine. Basically, what it does is it gets your own stem cells activated into healing. Uh, It activates your own stem cells because they're kind of just sleeping dormant and it activates them into into healing. They're using this for um, erectile dysfunction. They're using it for increasing hormone optimization. But I'll tell you one treatment, uh, you know, so many of our platinums uh, have just got one of these machines immediately because we were using it at one of our um, events and all of us got to use it. And I mean, one treatment, you walk away going, oh my gosh. And it typically only takes about five or six treatments to activate uh, the healing into that joint. Yeah, this, this was one of the most effective things I did as well. Yeah. I mean, I was up, my hamstring was working after being torn after three weeks. Yeah, and the or heel, the calcaneus four, fractures four are devastating and, and it healed it. Yeah, it healed yeah. those, like my wrists, my ankle, mm-hmm. and my, uh, my hamstring really quickly you know what's cool about it is when you do it on non-damaged tissue you feel nothing <clears throat> all of a sudden it hits that damaged spot and it's like oh oh my god like and then after you know a while then it, you don't feel it anymore yeah uh that's the, the really cool so professional sport teams use it as even prevention they'll do their pitchers shoulders or the knees and they're doing it doing it, doing it and when they hit a hot spot that's what would have been injured and of course they're using it for injury as well amazing device uh, amazing. So Daniel's first day on his feet was when we had to take him to get an x-ray. That was them 
doing the, the x-ray. The hamstring was still torn there. You can see kind of my leg. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it was so like, it was locked up. Yeah. And uh, this is um, a huge thing here. And, and uh, th see the amount of inflammation there? Do you see that? I mean, it was all the way up his spine. It's like he had a backpack on. Okay, this was the day before we did it, exosomes in Rafael Gonzalez. We have to give great, you know, you, you know Raphael now from yesterday. He donated the exosomes. So the first thing we did was actually just an IV of exosomes and uh, down-regulated. You know, we have, thanks for Harry Adelson who delivered these exosomes into Daniel, by the way. But um, uh, the next 24 hours later, I mean, not even. It was next morning. You could see his spine. Yeah. I mean, amazing. that's how fast it, I mean, we were like, Marilyn's the one spot. She's like, oh my gosh, you can see a spine this way. I'm like, oh, that's right. You know, we, we put in the, you know, he had the exosomes put in. And, um, and then <clears throat> this is Harry Adelson who uh, injected him. Uh, thank you, Harry, he's not here. But um, we also later we injected him. We did him. stem cells three different times. Yeah. We did IV twice. IV twice, and then we later. We did two and a half cc's twice. And then we did the full every facet, and then we injected the vertebral bodies. Yeah. So we actually injected those crushed vertebral bodies with Daniel's stem cells. And I think there's a picture. Oh, no, it's a video. Never mind. Um, anyways, and with the exosomes. So we did both down his spine. And these are the best exosomes in the world. <clears throat> and he's still young, so he has his own. So we combined them just to get that effect. And again, this stuff is all put together is why we, we got the response that we did. Whoops. So Go ahead. Obviously, you're all familiar with Rock Kazakamats yeah. now. And this day, I actually, um, Patrick Gentempe was speaking at your Platinum Mastermind in Park City, and I was taking Daniel. He wanted to go. And um, this is when I, it just hit me. You know, that, he, I mean, he's obviously, he was smiling most of the time, but he, he was sitting up. He was ready to go. Like, he couldn't wait to get in the car. He couldn't wait to go somewhere and go just be, get back to who he knows himself to be, right? Isn't that what we all want for ourselves? Um, this we watched a few weeks ago, which was very, had a definitely affected us. But there are 288,000 people in the United States that are living with spinal cord injury. That is, a, that is so many people. And by the way, the things they were doing in this film are not the things that we did. Yeah, that's I a really shame. Wanted to reach All out. of us, yeah, we wanted to reach out to these people. So it says any one of us is the name of the documentary. Watch it. it it'll affect you. Yep. Because it could, this could have been any one of us. Yep. Your life changes in a moment. Yep. And I said in that first quote just a couple days ago that God put on my heart, it, it's most often it's the things we don't see in life that we don't see that affect our life the most. Yep. You know, and, and Daniel didn't see that out cliff down there. You know, and that can work to the positive, too. When we're looking at our own identity and functioning in our identity, it's the things we don't see that will have the you know, most dramatic outcome on who God wants you to be. You know, so just you know, look for that. But wa watch that documentary. Oh, there's my license plate. <laughs> I've had that on there for a few years. Pain, that it's pain, pain to purpose. To purpose, yep. And, and now we know it's to promise. So our well, family's mantra obviously has always been since we started experiencing difficult things from pain to purpose. It's recently been enhanced, I like to say, after much adversity to include to promise. And that came when we moved to Park City to our promised land. After Daniel's accident, the focus and modified mantra is from pain, is purpose to promise, but never forget, and we will never forget, and we will never stop speaking of the fact 
that the purpose and the hope that comes when you're waiting for the purpose to unfold, that the pain has brought, and, it, and obviously it hasn't just brought that for our family and our life, but we feel obligated to share what we learn. I always say our pain is never just for us. Yeah. And this is Daniel, actually, oh. in oh. Park City, just last week. Um, back up yeah. one. One, okay. Uh, yeah. And so, have I not commanded you? Rock Kazaka Mats. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9, learn that. And, we, and this is our family's verse for many, many years, and we know. That's that why when I sign things, your books, I oftentimes write at 828. God works for those, the good of those, mm -hmm. the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. There you go. Devon? Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Give this family a huge minute. round of applause.